Hey everyone and welcome to this, the 12th episode of Good Friday Films, a podcast where we chat about movies with a Christian perspective. My name is Joe and I'm joined as always by my friend Tiller. What's up guys, how's it going? How's your week been Tiller? Tiring. Tiring. <laughs> you had a, a good chance to um, rest a little bit, hopefully? Yes, yeah, I'm feeling a lot more um, well rested since the weekend. Yeah, uh, for nice. those of us who don't know, Joe and I play soccer on the weekends together as well. Yeah. And we had a two-hour soccer game. Right. Um, it was a slog. It was huge. huge. We were, we, uh, were tying one all. This is a semi-final game. Yep. One all. Um, had no subs by the end of the game. <laughs> and then we had the went into overtime for an extra 30 minutes, I think it was. Yep. Uh, both my calves ended up cramping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we won 4-1. So yep. Limp to the finish line, but Limped we won 4-1. It. Dominated in the end. Yeah. It was great. The entire the other team started falling apart. Yep, it was a mental game. After that full ninety minutes, it yeah. was basically a mental game. And yeah, we had the edge. We wanted it more. Yeah. <laughs> we persevered. We did. Uh, for any new listeners, this podcast is where we discuss popular movies plus the themes and values we can get out of them. In this episode, we're covering the sequel to the Equalizer, the Equalizer Two. So yeah. we covered number one last week, and next week we're planning to. Uh, review the newly released Equalizer 3. So, mm. we're making our way towards it. Tilly, when was the last time you saw Equalizer 2? Um, Not for a while. I kind of watched Equalizer 1 and 2 back to back when I first oh, okay. saw them. Yeah. Um, so, I think I saw years ago. Equalizer 2 um, around when it came out. Yep. Uh, maybe, I think probably even in cinemas. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so that was 2018. Yeah. Five years. It still has been a little time, though. Mm. Five years is not its not short. Um, were you keen to watch this one again? I was, yeah. Yeah, this was really good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Step was... up from the first one, I'd say. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was um, yeah, I was looking forward to it as well, I think. Especially after watching the first one last week. Mm. Like, I really enjoyed it. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to watch more of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was looking forward to it again. Yep. Um, the Equalizer 2 is a 2018 American vigilante action film directed by Antoine... I should have looked up how to pronounce his last name, but <laughs> Uqua. <laughs> F-U-Q-U-A, however yeah. you pronounce that. It is the sequel to the 2014 film The Equalizer and follows ex-Marine and retired DIA officer Robert McCall as he sets out on a path of revenge after one of his friends is murdered. Um, so, last week we didn't know what DIA stood for. It stands for a Defense Intelligence Agency. Ah, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. I was thinking drug-induced anger. Yeah. <laughs> anger. anger. <laughs> Just a rage-filled man. <laughs> um, once again, it's starring Denzel Washington. Uh, this time the cast includes Pedro Pascal. So, Ooh, yeah. Mr. Mando himself. Yep. Also, uh, Last of Us. Mm, that's right. Done. Yeah. Um, Ashton Sanders, Melissa Leo, Bill Pullman... And Orson Bean. Apparently, this was his final film role. Mm. Um, I think he might have been the the old man. Let me, let me just check that. Oh, final film role. Yeah, he was the old guy. Yeah. Um, great the performance old. from him. Mm. Uh, budget of seventy nine million dollars, and it earned a hundred and ninety million. So again, uh, profit yeah. there did well. Um, but yeah, this one as well got low reviews, like critically. I think it's um. 56 or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. 52. Wow. Yeah, so... Average. Lower than the first one, even. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like 
so far this series is critics have had it out for it. Yeah, they haven't been fans. Yeah, which has kind of been a bit sad. <laughs> um, What's up with that? Hey, yeah. What's tell for for our listeners? What is your non plot spoiler summary? Well, Robert McCall, the real killer, <laughs> um, and this time around, he is going to get revenge mm. again. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Um, because, well, I don't want to reveal why he does that. It's kind of like the main, the plot, isn't it? Yeah. He, he gets revenge, though. He gets revenge. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, wants to get revenge, basically. Yep. That's, is that the, the end of the summary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so if you, you guys don't want to be spoiled, we will discuss this, uh, without spoiling it first. Mm. Um, but I mean, I'd recommend watching it as well, and then coming back and listening to our discussions about the spoilers. Mm. Um, firstly, I mean, you said you liked this more than the first one. I did. Why is that? Like, what was the thing that kind of pushed it over for you? I like the plot better. Okay. Yeah, more interesting plot, I think. Yeah. Right. Mm. So a bit more like there's a bit of mystery there happening. Bit of mystery. Um, sort of. The past coming back, yeah. Um, like his friend kind of dying, yeah. <laughs> his, his really close, important friends dying, yeah. Um, and there's a bit more impactful, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I really appreciated that that side of the plot as well. I think, I mean, it was not like a yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, yeah. Um, but it's not like a, a a like a very difficult mystery to unpack. No. But there is an element there. You're like, oh, a bit more intriguing. Yep. Whereas the first one is kind of very straightforward. It's like, all right, we know who we're killing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go get rid of them. Yep. Um, for me, I felt I don't know. Like this one, I'll say to you, this is basically a superhero movie. <laughs> it's just a kind of exploring the tales of the Equalizer, the vigilante. There's like a lot of different offshoots of he goes and does this and he goes and does this thing. Mm. And I think this the plot overall felt a bit, a little, bit less cohesive compared to the first movie. Yeah, okay. Like there was kind of more little loose ends happening that weren't as relevant to like driving the plot forward. Yep. Which I, I felt kind of made it a bit weaker. Um, but I definitely enjoyed like the main plot more mm. than the first one. Yeah, I think the acting for me also... Was just a yeah. step up in this film as well. Yeah, um, you just have so many great scenes from from Denzel as always, but also from Pedro Pascal. Yeah, um, some really great, great performances there. Lines and dialogues. And, yeah, I think um, Denzel Washington really carried it. Like there was <laughs> yeah. a couple of scenes there where nothing that was happening for me was that interesting, but then he's there, and I'm like, oh wait, he's super <laughs> engaging. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm really interested in what he's saying. So. Yeah. He was really the reason I enjoyed this movie the most, I think. Me too. He really um, does steal the scene every time. Yeah, and he puts so much into it. For a movie that, I mean, like, isn't that critically acclaimed, mm. he's kind of put a lot of effort nice. into the performance here. And it's not even just, like, the words, just facial expressions. He's just saying a lot just by saying less. Yeah, so yeah. That's what you appreciate about him. That's right. Yeah, his his actual like the emotions that he shows on his face and mm. the way he responds to things. He puts a lot of like depth into that. Um, I don't know if you re- noticed, but they've really tried to de-age him a little bit in this one, haven't they? <laughs> they did. They put a hair back on. Put him. a hair back on him. <laughs> he kind of carries himself a bit. 
like younger, younger. Yeah, so I think they've tried to turn him into more of like a traditional action hero. The first <laughs> one, he's definitely an old man. Yeah, like he's this old guy, and it's like a cool twist that he's an action hero. Mm-hmm. This one, it's like no, no, he's he's youthful again, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not really clear. Was this before the first one or after? There's no timeline. It is set after because you, he's oh. reading the last book in his list of books. That's right. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But they've made him look younger. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think in some senses, like, it makes sense because now they're doing another sequel. And mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, you know, they're trying to get some longevity out of this. True. But also, I liked the, the vibe of him being really old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. It's um, like that guy in the first, the villain in the first film. He's like, there's everything about him is wrong. Yeah. Everything about him is wrong. Like, he's an old <laughs> Doesn't man. make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one, you can kind of see it. Oh, yeah. He's a bit more of like a. A middle-aged guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Um, how did you feel the action held up compared to the first one? Um, not much any different, really. Kind mm. of the same for me. Right. Um, so. Yeah. Still pretty good. Yeah. Good choreography, I felt. I think there was there was probably more of it and mm. more earlier on. Mm. Um, they kind of almost get, like, straight into it. Just, oh, yeah, he's beating up people again. Yep. Um, but it was a couple more clever ways of like he killed people mm. i think one thing i missed so in this movie his job has completely changed yep in the first one we were kind of joking he's like the warehouse like <laughs> his, his lair is the bunnings <laughs> this one he has become a lift driver <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really you're saying it's like an ad for lift <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was saying yeah 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 um so but i kind of missed that aspect of him where he was using um like different tools in the warehouse as like the way that he killed people whereas this one it was kind of more knives and fists and things and he was still creative Mm. um i don't think he ever actually fired a gun Mm. but i just felt a little bit of that creativity or that uniqueness was kind of lost in this one yeah he's become a bit more of a just your standard action star that's right well yeah even i get that's true that's true that's fair but like in the last sort of set, like the, the third act where he takes the villains back to sort of home, old turf or whatever, mm. kind of saw it. The yeah, same there's as some creativity there to his lair or like right the place where he's sort of in control. Yeah, it followed a very similar structure to the first one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, the music as well. I think in like the music's better in some ways. Like it doesn't stand out as mu- much, but also it's worse. Because it's not as memorable. <laughs> it's like, more like emotional, like, almost. It's kind of like just stock cinema score. <laughs> like, yeah, this is your action movie beat. Yep. Whereas the first one kind of had, like, um, some of your 2000s beats happening. and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like a Jason Bourne kind of vibe. Yeah. And I think that was funnier. We're watching it and like, yeah, getting into that. Whereas this one, I rarely noticed the music. No, you don't. No. There's only like maybe one scene that I was like, oh, the beat's coming in and you kind of feel it. So I feel that was a bit like, let me let down a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah. Anything that you, you weren't really a fan of? Um, Not really. No. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Yeah. I mean, it's again, a bit long. Yeah. Could be a bit hours. shorter. Two hours. Yeah. I was feeling it. Uh, although I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, But yeah. I'm just like, I just want my John Wick, you know, sharp, concise, <laughs> yeah. straight to the point. 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, that's it. Perfection. Yeah. Um, whereas this does like, 
they let him do a bit too much kind mm-hmm. of walking and talking and they've got too many subplots going on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, for the most part, it was like, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think. Yeah. No, I mean, it had some memorable shots as well. Mm. Or some memorable, scene- memorable scenes. Oh, that's right. The, um, wasn't as violent, I felt, as the first one. It wasn't as no, like... No, that's true. It was still <clears throat> gore, like, quite moments. intense. And there were some dark moments. Yeah. Especially the one, like, the first... One of the first action scenes was really dark. Yeah. But yeah. compared to the first one, much less graphic, I felt, or much, like, visceral. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was good. And much better language overall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not as much, like... Well, the first one, they're dealing with the Russians. And, yeah. you know, everyone knows Russians always swear. <laughs> um, but, no, well, this one, I felt, did a better job with all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, what would your rating be for this one? 7.6. So, is that one point better? <laughs> point one better than point the previous. one better than the previous. <laughs> Someone needs to go and rank all yours and see what, <laughs> where they line up. I said, um, I said this one's all right. Yeah. It's an all right movie. It's like I would, I would say, yeah, you can watch it if you've got the time, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as like a, a major. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I actually preferred the first one. Yeah, I felt the first one, just the slow kind of process and the reveal mm. made it much more unique for me. Um, yeah, cool. I'll just do a, a quick plot summary then for those of you who are sticking around. We're now doing spoilers. Um, if you're doing that and you haven't watched it, mm. uh, basically what happened in this movie, we meet again Robert mm. uh, from the first first film, and this time he's changed where he's living. He now works as a lift driver, uh, spends his days kind of carrying people around. Um, like if people are in a tough predicament, he goes and beats some people up, breaks some arms, and you know <laughs> helps them out. Uh, just as a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but nothing really serious happening. He's looking out for different people in his life. There's like one kid who um, he's trying to like mentor a little bit, mm. help him get out of um, kind of a life of crime. Mm. Uh, but yeah, then he one of his friends who we met in the first movie, the lady, she's killed while investigating another crime. Um, and so he tries to investigate that. Then someone tries to kill him while he's investigating that. And then he mm. works out... Basically, one of his old work colleagues, <laughs> one of the guys that he used to go to war with, um, has continued that on as like a private uh, militia. Mm. Um, mercenary. Mercenary, that's the word. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to tie up loose ends. And so now he has to go and eliminate his old squad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's basically it. The movie ends, he kills them all. <laughs> and the uh, the guy who's mentoring... You know, he leaves the gang and all's well. He he ends up back at the house where he apparently used to live with his wife. Yep. So, I mean, pretty straightforward. Um, but also, there was like a, a... The part that we were saying that which was interesting is that little back and forth of, oh, the reveal that he's, his old like friend mm. is the guy who's killed people. Mm. And that's Pedro Pascal. And he did that well, mm. I felt. Yeah, he, he had, played performance well. Yeah. And my be- my favorite scene in the movie is when... They're talking in Pedro Pascal's kitchen <laughs> and kind of the little like test he does. He comes yep. in, he's like, I found this phone. And then he try- presses call <laughs> and it calls Pedro's phone. <laughs> it's just, it's like his blank stare of like, oh, no, <laughs> I got tricked. <laughs> um, and then he goes out and sees the gang and he's like, I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> and then he goes off with Pedro's uh, family. Yeah. I thought that whole sequence was really clever. It was done really well. Um, great performances from everyone. 
but yeah, what did you like? Anything more specific around the plot that you really enjoyed? Um, I just some of the acting performances were really good. I think mm. um, I enjoyed the acting performance of the the young guy, the school the school kid. Yeah, I thought he did really well as well. Yeah, he had a good acting performance. Um, yeah. And even that scene where um, Denzel kind of goes and saves him from the gang, or, like, drags him out, that was, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Just this great performance yeah. of, like, um, who are you? You think you're a killer? <laughs> <laughs> you think you're a killer? <laughs> you got a choice. <laughs> um, it was. Yeah. I was saying I to Joe during the movie, like, if I was the young kid that was acting with Denzel, yeah, he probably improvised that knowing Denzel. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? Um because he's just such a good actor. Yeah. I would have been terrified, like, what? <laughs> how do you compete? Yeah. How do you, how do you stand up when you Dominates that scene. Yeah, but yeah. he did it. I thought the, the, like, the young guy did it well. He did too. Um, yeah. He held his own um, in the performance. Yeah. I also really liked the uh, old man, his performance. Yeah. Um, even though he's only in it for a little bit. <laughs> like, I thought he did a really good job as well. But that was kind of... Like, if I was to make this movie better, mm. right, because I'm trying to think of, like, the parts that I just kind of zoned out or got bored on, um, I feel like the movie should have spent started, like, a little bit of time, Denzel Washington driving around in his taxi or his lift, um, and then basically gone... St- I mean, they did it. They showed the, the murder, mm. but then gone straight into meeting his friend the friend investigating the friend getting killed like they should have just skipped over the old man they should have skipped over like the young guy maybe i mean they didn't even have to skip over the young guy but maybe just not do as much with him yeah because he's a core part i guess he's in the end sequence right yeah but just get rid of the whole thing with the old guy Mm. um there's another one in there where he like picks up some girl and he goes into an apartment and yeah it's like okay cool you know he's doing crime like stopping crime but they could have just Cut out a couple of those. I felt <laughs> um, saves half an hour. <laughs> they really. need to like him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, because they're trying to show like, nah, he's still a good guy. <laughs> yeah. But we we're already on board. Like, That's true. <laughs> we're watching the second movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he um he's already shown that he's a good guy in the first mm. one, and I think uh, a lot of that it just felt like it disrupted the pacing of the whole mystery. Um, and the mystery. I mean, to be honest, it wasn't difficult. Like. The whole time, Pedro Pascal is the most suspicious guy. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting there like, "Oh yeah, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know what happened." Like, <laughs> yeah, they just died. <laughs> yeah. I was there. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like okay, clearly he's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, at the park where he's running. Yeah, it's like, he's, hey, man. He's like, oh. <laughs> oh. He looks back and it's like, yep. Yeah. So I think um they don't didn't really need to prolong it as much as they did. Um. I just cut, like, shave off half an hour, make it tighter. Mm. I would have enjoyed it a bit more. Yeah. That being said, I do think this movie's continued the trend so far of having a really good, like, third act. Mm. Um, where it really has ramped up, like, the peak of the action mm. or, like, the peak of the tension is in yep. the third act. Yeah. Compared to, um, like, some other action movies where they... They like get it all out halfway through, and then the end is like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so both of them so far have been really exciting endings. Mm. Let's see what number three is like. I, I thought um, 
this time around the villains in this film their motivations for what they do was more interesting than like the previous oh for sure yeah definitely it's like there's no sin we'll get into the values of it but, like, yeah no, there was really some stuff to unpack stuff there like that. yeah yeah no it was cool and i um because like i said the first one the villain there kind of felt a bit like um like what's the word uh cliche sort of yeah cliched like stereotype yeah. thing yeah um like a yeah a comic book villain yes whereas yeah. this one felt much more real grounded yeah. of like okay um i can kind of like get on board with it a bit more and yeah. i thought yeah the performances as well were a bit less weird <laughs> yeah you know you uh i know live long enough you don't you you die a hero you live long enough yeah, to become classic. a villain classic <laughs> really all movies are based on batman <laughs> the dark knight <laughs> that's what we're learning <laughs> The Dark Knight yeah. precedes everything. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think overall it was uh, very positive. Lots of positives there. Mm. Um, some really good practical effects you noticed. I did, yeah. That guy end. got blown up. Yeah. I was like, is that CGI? Because it looked so good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it looks good though, because I think they do this thing where they get like clay or something and they put yeah. it over them. But yeah, it was pretty graphic, like pretty gruesome. <laughs> His guts are just hanging out. Yep. I don't. I don't know how realistic that is. That you, you chuck a flashbang in. I assume flour can like explode because I know flashbang that he chucked in. Yeah, it was a flashbang, okay. and I assume there's some kind of explosive charge in a flashbang. Yeah, and so they, um, like set the flour on fire because <laughs> flour is flammable. Is it? Yeah, uh, it is. So you can do something where you put like flour in your mouth and yep. then you blow it over like a flame. And yeah, you can, like okay. breathe fire. Like how that. is it going to explode though? That's the thing. So that was my thought. I'm like, how realistic is that? So he's he's laid out the flour, so mm. it's kind of in the air, sitting in the air, which lets it ignite because mm. it's not packed so densely. And then maybe once the stuff in the air has ignited, it's hot enough or like big enough that it like ignites the stuff in the bags, and yep. then it, it the force anyway. Yeah, anyway. Probably not that realistic, <laughs> but cool. <laughs> I like how the final act was filmed. It felt like a game. Yeah. Like, like a COD game. Right. Like Call of Duty game where like... Someone guy's up there on the sniper. Yeah. <laughs> it was done really well. Yeah, that so, was cool. Yeah. yeah. It makes me want to go play some PUBG. Yeah. <laughs> go sit on a hill somewhere with my sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, it was cool. It was... um The ending though, the way he executed... Oh, that was brutal. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was some, like... so extreme. Wow. Yeah, well, he's like cuts him everywhere and then like they add this little crunching sound as he cuts his head. Dude, wrath. Yeah. That's wrath right there. Yeah. They mess with his friend, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you guys are going to pay. They did kind of drop the part of his character where he gives them a second chance, didn't he? <laughs> he did it once yeah. at the start. Like the opening sequence is like... You know, you get to choose what type of pain it is. The pain that hurts or the pain that teaches. Yeah. And then after that, the next people he meets is like, normally I give you a chance, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> and then his friends is like, no, nah, you don't get a chance because you killed my friend. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So he's completely dropped that any semblance of um, that kind of rule that he was following. Yeah. Maybe he thought, nah, they're like, they're, they're, they're too far gone. They, they yeah. Deserve a chance. He's not a man of integrity, basically. Betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's think about some of those values then, because mm. yeah, you were mentioning it. Um, he has that chat in the kitchen mm. with his friend. What were they? What were they saying? Well, um, they were basically used to work with him as um, 
ex-military or whatever. DIA or something. DIA or whatever. Um, they were on the good side or they were killing the bad guys. All right. And then he was like, you know, finish up with whatever he was doing and had no job or whatever, um, had no employment opportunities or whatever. Mm. And basically really didn't the like the way he was treated right. um, by his country or the, the people that intelligence agencies or whatever um and that kind of made him like really salty and like he turned to the private work sector yeah for that kind of stuff that he does a mercenary essentially yeah um not really caring anymore it's kind of like i, I gotta pay the bills i gotta get food on the table you know like yeah. I, I gotta make a living somehow i'm no use of the government so like kind of yeah kind of became morally gray almost right essentially yeah um there is no sin, he said. There yeah, is that's no the line virtue. He used. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the equalizer. He's obviously a guy who uh, is um considers himself very virtuous. Yeah, and I mean he portrays it in different ways. He's trying to look out for the people in his life. Yeah, if someone does like treat someone badly, he tries to kind of bring justice. And so he's kind of approaches it like, well, you've killed this person. Yep. Therefore, you need to kind of see justice and his friend's point is well we used to kill lots of people that, that the government told us to kill yep where's our justice yeah and it's like no those were bad people and then he's like from our perspective they were bad yeah it's people. like who like, said they were bad <laughs> yeah well they told us they were bad we were just following orders weren't we <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and then his point is kind of there is no good or bad people it's just um tra- what is it unfortunates is what he said yeah or something like that yeah, yeah so it's an interesting one, and I think we've we've touched on it several times, actually. Yeah. The idea of, well, yeah, if if there is no, like, um, well, where do people get their morality from? Mm. And, so, like, most of us get it from the government, I guess. The government mm. says, do this or do that, and don't do this and do that. And it's mm. like, okay, well, if you've done this thing, you've done the wrong thing. I mean, some of us will get it from our, the way we've been raised, from our culture, from our mm. community. Um, but then who's to say one person's definition of good or bad is better or worse than someone else's mm. and really in a world with no god which i guess the equalizer <laughs> is <laughs> his his friends in the right i'd say yeah. like in some in some senses like yeah they went and murdered a bunch of people that the government said to do yeah but there's no objective reason why that's any better than going and killing someone that someone else tells them says them to do yeah exactly to so the people that they killed um they were the enemy to them. Yeah. And they were the enemy to them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Like who, as you said, gets to define what is right and wrong and morals and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't agree with the equalizer and him like being the arbiter of justice. Right. And I wouldn't agree with Pedro Pascal's, um, his characters, what he said, there is no sin. It's just like, it is what it is, you know, like you just yeah, do what you do have what to do. You, yeah. Do what you love. Do what you want <laughs> to do. Killing. <laughs> do what thou wilt, essentially. Um, that's like, yeah, that's both wrong. Yeah. Um, no, we would say as Christians, we believe God defines what is right and wrong. Um, and at the end of the day, the real enemy for us as Christians is not flesh and blood, as the Bible says in um, Galatians 6. Um, it's the powers and principalities behind. <laughs> evil that goes on in the world. Right. Spiritual forces of darkness. Yeah, that's right. I think um, it's also a good, I guess, reminder the fact that I mean, m- most people in our culture 
like they do have morality. They do have morals. Mm. They're living a life where they've decided certain things are good and certain things are bad. Mm. And I mean, most of the time, the things that they say are good and bad are good and bad, mm. but not all the time. And actually, um, the reality of life is we are going to say some things are good when actually they're bad. Mm. And we might even say some things are bad when actually they're good. Mm. Um, and so, I guess my first question for you listening, um, I, yeah, where where are you getting those definitions from? Mm. Uh, is it just this case of, well, this is what works for me? Yeah. Um, or is it a case of, well, this is what works for everyone? Um, and who's t- to to say, I guess, what what is the right mm-hmm. like set of rules? Um, because, yeah, I think if you don't have, I guess, an understanding of where you're getting these definitions from, um, you can kind of be living this life with a set of rules that you, you, you're, you're living by, you don't have a, a reason <laughs> for. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost a, kind of this this life with no direction. It's just, you've kind of got this arbitrary set of rules. Um, but then my question for those of Christians listening, uh, or I guess a warning and a reminder for me as well, is if we're surrounded by a culture of people who are kind of living by their own set of rules, um, we aren't necessarily, we're, we're not set above other people. We're also part of that culture mm. and we're also prone to living in the same way. Mm. And so we have to constantly be on our guard that we aren't saying things are good just because that's what everyone's saying or things are bad just because that's what everyone's saying. Mm. We really need to be looking to that source of truth, which is God's word, mm. the Bible, mm. and kind of weighing our set of rules that we have against that mm. and checking ourselves of like, oh, actually, I've picked up something here which the Bible disagrees with. Mm. I need to change that. Mm. No, amen, amen. Mm. Um, yeah, morals and society on the decline. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, such see such a decline in morals and society. People sort of leaving away, going away from a biblical sort of moral stance. Well, our society, for the most part, that we live in, has been built on biblical like ideas and things mm. like that. But we're every day sort of straying further away from that. It's really sad. Um, that things we used to call not good or evil yeah. ten years ago are just okay, like kind of becoming grey now. It's right, like, it's okay. Like, and so to me, that's that's so sad, and you just see the effects of that in society and how it's it's just destroying people's lives. Yeah. Um, well, even like in this movie, the um the concept, like he's he's had this wife who's died. Yep. And that was like such a really important part of this character, this marriage that he's had. Mm. Like as a society, we don't really think of marriage as that important anymore. And there's so many people who go, oh, you know, I'm not, never, I'm never going to get married. Mm. Um, and for some people, it's such a small thing. It's just like, well, why would I get married? Mm. Um, but even that, it's just like another example of, well, who's defined, like who's determined that this is, this is good or this is bad to do? And like, why are you, I guess following this trajectory mm. um as christians i see christians as well kind of taking that up on themselves they're like oh yeah kind of this is how everyone lives <laughs> <laughs> everyone's living with their their partners before marriage or everyone's kind of doing these things um so therefore it's okay mm. and it's like well yeah we need to really catch ourselves to not be basing it off of flawed humans no um it's true yeah any other thoughts around the the values any other themes that you picked up on um that's probably the main theme. I yeah, on, like morals and 
it was a nice moment in the movie. It was like action, action, and then a little moment where they had to discuss something a bit deeper, and then back yeah. to action. <laughs> we were both like, yep, all right, this is the part. <laughs> yeah. I guess also, like, the theme of not throwing your life away is something that came mm. up with the, um, his protege, the, the young kid. Right, yeah. Um, kind of going and, and being involved in a life of crime. And, um, yeah. yeah. And he kind of had that conversation with him as well of, like, the, the young guy was like, oh, you know, what, what choice do I have? Like, how am I meant to provide for my mum, kind of, if I'm a painter or artist? Yeah. Um, Goes back to morals again, doesn't it? Like, yeah. like are you willing to sac- compromise compromise your morals, morals for money or for money and things like that? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so he was—he's basically was like, "Well, no, you do have a choice here. You yeah. can—you're you th- saying that you don't have a choice and that you're forced to live this life, but mm. no, you're, you're not. You, you can choose to live it in a better way. Yeah, exactly. Um, even though it might seem harder right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing good comes easy. You know what I mean? Right. He's like telling him, "Hey, you have talent. Like, you could turn this talent into like a way of living." Yeah, if you like work hard at it, look for those opportunities, and actually stay in school <laughs> yeah. and get an education. Don't rather. go and kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think he like shake. He gives him a real like shaking. Confronts him. Yeah. yeah, confronts him. Like you think you're a real killer. Like I'll show you who a real killer is. Yeah, you, know you don't I mean? even like, know what you're dealing with here. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. messing with something really dangerous. You don't know what death is. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, and so I, I appreciated that. I think. Yeah, and even just this is a little subtle point on that that I've thought of now is um like I um spoke at my church like a couple of months ago um how the Israelites when they were wandering like through the desert um God was constantly correcting them in yep. their disobedience and so they would disobey him and then hundreds of them would be killed and they'd be like oh no what have we done quick turn back to God <laughs> Uh, and it happened like five times, like five of six different stories throughout, I think it's Leviticus, mm. um, where they're just constantly doing the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that results in death and that brings them back to God. Mm. Uh, and so in this movie, like the thing that woke up this, this kid is just really, his face is death. Like mm. this guy's pointing a gun at him and he's like, you don't even know what it means to, to die. Mm. Uh, and nowadays, like as Christians... We live a life of grace. And so we sin, we're forgiven by what Jesus has done. Yep. Um, but the sin is the same sin that God punished the Israelites through death because of. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes we, I guess, forget that and can, can miss the severity of it and the danger we're in mm. because we don't have that wake-up call. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, go read Leviticus and just reflect and weigh up. Actually, by me living this life of sin, it's really it's a real danger. It's not this this playful, small, lighthearted thing. No. This is something that God views as deathly serious and we yeah. need to take seriously as well. Um Yeah. The reality of death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well you like I've recently like listened to some near death experiences that people have had and how that's turned them to God. Oh, cool. Yeah, really cool. How they'd have like these visions of Jesus in the afterlife almost. Yeah. And then, like, God sends them back into, like, the real world. Right. To, like, warn people, hey, like, it's for real out here. Like, it's not a game. Like, yeah. we need to, like, wake up and, like, treat life so seriously. It's not um, um to be messed with or played with. Yeah. And so, yeah. My um my grandfather had a story um like that, actually. 
when he like had a near death experience and had this vision. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, my, my, I could share that maybe in a, one of our future episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, save it. Save it. Yeah. Well, equalizer three. Equalizer three. <laughs> Episode. Wait for a 13. good opportunity. Um, but yeah, no, those are always really cool. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had one of those. <laughs> then you remember, oh, but they almost died. <laughs> well, like for me, I think one of the things that sort of turned me to God growing up was the fear of hell. Right. Um, that because I I did believe in hell. Yeah. Um, and one day someone gave me a a pamphlet or something like that that I read about hell, and it was just horrible and i'm like oh, and it like kind of one of the things that god used to like turn me to him to like yeah. seriously follow god and pursue a relationship with him because, right um yeah and now I, i'm not afraid of hell because i i'm not going to go to hell because of what jesus has done for me yeah i have a relationship with god and it's, i'm safe with god so but um that was valuable in my life I, yeah I, i'm appreciative of god using that to sort of make me come to him yeah well, yeah, and that's, I think, grace is such an important part of the gospel, mm. understanding that we're secure and we're safe, mm. but don't take it lightly. Yeah. Don't go like, this is just, ah, oh, I'm happy, you know, that's it, I'm set. I'm set. Mm. Remember what you're saved from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Li- um, live in view of the mercies of God, yeah. as Romans 12 says. Um. A little youth pastor takeaway Woo. Um, for those youth pastors. I had to think a bit harder this week, <laughs> uh, you know, because the names aren't that different <laughs> between the movies. Yeah. But yeah, this one, I mean, you can make it work as a youth pastor. If you're, if you're there and you're really like running low on time, mm. you could use this. You just need to finagle it the right way um, till uh, the movie needed Denzel Washington. Mm. But you'll need a sin washing too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sin washing too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I know. That was a bit, a bit weak. Denzel Washington need a sin washing too. <laughs> By we Jesus. All do. We all do. Uh, one of my weaker ones. But again, you could make it work. If you're running out of time, you're trying to prepare that last minute youth <laughs> sermon. Everyone knows a good youth pastor has one of those those really um, amazing references to pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, just finish up our review by looking at some of that great, those little nuggets that we get from IMDb trivia. Let's go. Here we go. Denzel Washington wanted the fight scenes he participated in to be as realistic as possible. So they brought in fighter Tyron Woodley to train Denzel for his fight scenes. Yeah. The MMA fighter. Mm. There you go. Yeah. During filming, the crew whimsically referred to the movie as the sequelizer. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that one. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> what are they going to call this next one? The threequelizer. <laughs> Uh, they should have done that. They should have just done the big three instead of uh, calling it sequelizer. Yeah. Uh, the high p- harpoon rifle Denzel Washington uses to kill Kovac, you know, he shoots him through the head, mm. um, is the same harpoon rifle used by Quint to fire the barrels at the great white shark in Jaws. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Go. Universes collide. Yeah. It's same. pretty cool. Wow. Cost cutting, you know, reuse the props. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Last one. After over 55 film and television credits, this was Denzel Washington's first sequel. 
What? Yeah. He hadn't done any sequels until this point. He's a one-man one yeah, movie guy. one act. That's it. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. He, yeah. What is it called? One and done. <laughs> one and done, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so he, he chose the right one to do a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're getting a third one. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He's gone up. Yeah. Third. So uh, that concludes our um, a review of The Equalizer 2. Woo. Um, Tilla, do, do you know what time it is? It's trailer <laughs> something time. Tilla, it's time. It's trailer time. <laughs> it's trailer time, Tilla. Let's watch some trailers. So for those of you who are new, we've got this new segment, Trailer Time, where each week I show Tilla a mm. trailer for an upcoming movie or project to help him get excited about some of these. Um, here's something to look forward to. This mm. week, I don't know if you've seen this. Um, I know that you, you watched the first one, but have you seen the trailer for June Part 2 yet? I think so, but I'll be happy to watch it again. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah, so June Part 2. Unfortunately, this one's been delayed until March next, next year. year. It was going to come out, I think, in December, yeah. but it's not far off March. No, it's true. Um, and so, no time like the present to get excited for <laughs> yeah. it. Dune part two. Oh, he's dead. That's sad. <laughs> Went out well though. Yeah, I loved the first movie. It was good. Really enjoyed it. Look at these stars, hey? Yeah. And the classic music as well. Yeah. So the trailer. <laughs> or House of Hotties. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, the same one. I feel... I get the impression that they've made these worms smaller. Let me know what you think. The same worm? Do they look... Does it look smaller than in the first movie? Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fancy. Does a flip. <laughs> <laughs> don't you reckon it looks smaller? Uh, we, we don't get to see the entire thing. No, though, that's so. true. They come from the black and white planet. Yeah. <laughs> 1960s. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. that powerful. He's a good actor, Timothy Charlemagne. He is. He's a good actor. You've seen The King? No, not yet. That's I want one to. we need to watch yeah. together. I think I'd you'd enjoy it. It's I've long. seen one of the scenes where he like, does a fight or something. It's long. Yeah, we'll have to um, watch it. But it's good. There you June, go. June part two. Part two. Really how part how are you feeling about that? It looks really good. It looks really good. You're excited um, for it? I think so, yeah. There's nice. going to be some good action performances that we're going to see. Some great cast in there. Let's yeah. have a look at them. It's um, Timothy Charlemagne. Um, Zendaya. Zendaya. Florence Pugh. Yeah. We just saw an Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer yeah. Rebecca Ferguson. Again, Back from... Um, she was She's Mission great Impossible. in the first one, hey. Yep. Christopher Walken's in this. Christopher Walken. They've got Austin Butler. Yeah. You know him from um, Elvis. The Elvis movie that just came out oh, last year. It, yeah. Dave Batista, Stellan Skarsgård, oh, Javier yeah, so Bardem, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin. Uh, it's just like every person in this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Stellan's I'm really excited. Seen in um, when he's talking to uh, the TV show that I recommended you watch, the Star Wars one. That one monologue, one minute scene where he's just like such a villain. So well. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Andor. He was in, I saw Andor, yeah. I saw Andor and he had like a um a moment in Andor where he was talking to the guy on the inside. 
Um, uh, yeah, when he was in the prison. No. Is this Skarsgård? Stellan Skarsgård. He yeah. um, plays uh, one of the leaders of the rebellion. Oh, I think I vaguely remember. Yeah, and he has... But he's a good actor. He's such a good actor. Yeah. Um, okay, good. So, how would you how would you rate that that trailer? Trailer. This is our, our new rating system. I would say this trailer is tightly packed, but with an air of uh, like you might have piled it's piled up quite a few boxes at the front of the trailer. Yeah, and so you can't quite see over them to see kind of what's at the back of the trailer, <laughs> but you know whatever's in there is well fit. Yeah, you just can't really see to confirm. It's a bit of mystery to this trailer. Yeah, well, they don't give too much away. Um, they give you some powerful scenes. Yeah. Powerful moments to get you excited. Ooh, some scenes to look forward <laughs> to. So, a well-packed trailer or not well-packed for you? Um, not well-packed. Not well-packed. Okay, interesting. I wouldn't say it's well-packed. How, how packed is it? Um, mid-packed. <laughs> a mid-packed trailer. <laughs> it's... How will it travel down the highway? Uh, I think it'll be okay. It'll be yeah, okay. I think it'll be okay. We'll get there. We'll get there in the end. Nothing yeah. will be lost. No. Okay. <laughs> well, that's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else that you've been looking forward to? I wanted to ask you, have you watched um, Ahsoka? No. That's I out. Around to that. I feel like that would be something that you'd watch. So, I'm not watching it because I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered either. Okay. <laughs> I want to give my money to Disney. I don't like oh, Disney. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I've, I've only heard average things about it so far. Yeah. Um, if I hear any better things, I might watch it. Um, but yeah, cool. Other than that, I've also been playing Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legacy. That's right. You mentioned that last week. How's that been? It's been really good. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. It's Lots good. of fun. House. Finally, oh, Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured. <laughs> Slippery. I uh, finally wanted, wanted to redeem Slytherin and actually play a character who's, who's good in Slytherin. <laughs> Have you done the um, house sorting? Or like on Pottermore? No, no, I haven't done it. I feel like I would be a Slytherin though. Just yeah. the ambition. I'm like, uh, that's me. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Um, but no, Gentle it's good. Just got, my, just got my just got my broom. So, oh, cool. lots of fun. Good to fly around. What year are you in? Year five. Year five. Yeah, that's the game. Puts you in year five. Year five. Yeah. So, like it's cool. I'm looking forward to learning so Avada Kedavra. <laughs> Killing other students. Killing some people. <laughs> can you do that in the game? Yeah, you can learn. I don't think you can kill students, but you can get the killing curse. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's cool. There's Can't so much students. in there. I was surprised. Like, yeah. it's actually an open world, like, kind of expansive. I'm like, mate, yeah, this is good. It's done really well, I hear. So. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I'm glad you're enjoying I'll, it. I'll give you another update of it next week. I might have Ooh, finished it by then. Ooh, looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that finishes our episode guys thank you so much for listening uh, if you wanted to get into contact with us you can find us at goodfridayfilms.com or send us an email at goodfridayfilmspod at gmail.com otherwise we're Good Friday Films on every social media platform we'd love to hear from you send us a message let us know what you'd like us to be reviewing good to have you guys see you next time yeah next week we'll be discussing the Equalizer 3 Equalizer right.